Welcome to Invisible Talks, where the truth, different perspectives, and stories are discussed with invisible voices. Media outlets varying using anonymous sources. There's no such thing as off the record, but here on Invisible Talks, all of our stories are off the record. If you're good, put the pieces together. I'm your host, Tyra Elin, recording in the Podcast Town studio. I want to hear your story and perspective to make my life better. I'm tuned in. I love that intro. My son just kills it at the end. (laughs) We are back with Visible Talks. This is the uncensored crew. We've got OC and Sky, and it's going to be a good one. We are jumping right into it. There are no need for us to go into a long intro. You guys know what we're going to talk about today. All the juicy business happening in the world around us. And so we're going to start with our check-in question, which I did change (laughs) after talking to the host only 24 hours ago. But I think this is a good one. So in terms of relationships, Sky and OC, are you a wife or a knife? I cut that motherfucker up every day. (laughs) Ooh-wee. 24 hours. That knife. How are you a knife? Elaborate on this. Yeah, can't you tell by my tone and my tongue? <laughs> Cut them up with the mouth all the time, especially if you're a stupid ass. Ooh-wee. Cut, 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 cut. All right, Sky, what you got for us? Are you a wife or a knife? I'm both, and I switch it occasionally when needed. <laughs> <laughs> So this conversation came because if you're paying attention anywhere on the news, there's a lot of conversation around what Cam Newton said in terms of women and their roles. There are these women who got a lot of I am independent. I am that beep, uh, but can't cook. Right. And don't know how to shut up. And so I thought that was interesting. I used to be a knife. But now I'm a wife. I think I've learned how to tone it back a little bit. The monster tries to come out every once in a while, but. I try to keep it classy and, you know, stay in my lane, quote unquote. It is important uh, to just respect each other's boundaries. So I try not to be a knife too much. But the reality is women can get a little catty and that's with our spouses. So we just got to be self-aware. So we're jumping into the topics today. And the first topic we're going to talk about. All right, women, were you raised to be a wife or independent bee? And this topic came from a conversation around the concept that Mexican women are raised to be wives and black women are raised to be independent. And I believe there's some truth in there. I think with every stereotype that we follow in this country, there's a little bit of truth. So let's put some light on this truth. What do you have for us, Guy? So personally, I was raised to be a, a wife, definitely more of like what my role would be, what I expect me as a woman. But I think like from my personal experience, it differed because it was always a balance. Well, no, I was raised to be a wife. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have for us, LC? Which one were you raised to be? Or which do you think is even a difference? I mean, is it important? Oh, so you got some wisdom to share with us on this, I'm sure. Shit, I always say, baby, you got to keep that spare tire, boy. Ooh-wee. Always got to have that spare tire. So, you know, that's the way I was raised. My mom said, ooh, you got to find you somebody, baby, to take care of you. 
And I was like, mm-hmm. And the minute I did that, he got mad at me and he took all my shit back. So <laughs> yeah, I said, forget that. But my I was raised to be have a spare tire on my car. So that's the way I was raised. And it's obvious I was raised that way because I'm still single. <laughs> I feel but like- I still got two spare tires. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's what the culture is shifting towards. It is not about, you know, being raised to be a wife at all by any means. It's not even about being raised to be independent. It's more about being raised to get a bag and whatever that means and whatever that takes for you to get that bag, go ahead and do it. And I think that is the biggest misconception because a lot of women want love, but they put on the facade of what they believe people are talking about or want. I would say I agree with that. But then, too, when you you want love and after so long, you really don't know how to be a wife or or to receive that love because you're afraid of it or you're you don't know how to give it after so long. So because everything, your behavior is so hardly learned that you don't know how to unlearn it. Ooh, that's a gem. That's a gem right there. Unlearning the behavior. Because, Lord, I was not ready to be a wife. What were you going to say, Sky? It's really important to include, like, the, the aspect of just surviving and thriving in a relationship. So there's always going to be that part in when it comes to being a wife and where it comes to being single. It's like, what's more beneficial to me so I can survive and thrive? Because you can be in a long-term happy relationship doesn't mean you're surviving and thriving out here. And that's what I think people make that choice of like, am I going to be well taken care of or if I'm or am I going to follow my heart and choose love? It's, it's really hard to have a balance nowadays because everybody's so imbalanced. Mm, I feel that. And I wouldn't even say imbalance. I just a lack of awareness, a lack of healing. And there are so many clips that are on social media that could just give us, they give us 20 seconds of just real truths in our community. And this one girl kind of has gone viral about saying, at the end of the day, all these shootings, when we see black on black crime, when we see them in our neighborhoods, it's women. It's women who can't shut up and they go tell their brother or it's women who have put men in predicaments because they want to sleep with somebody else's man. Like, Women start a lot of it. And I think in terms of being in a relationship, what it means to be a wife, we haven't gotten there yet. I don't believe women start all of that. I mean, hell, be a man and be responsible for your own actions. Even if the woman is talking all of that bullshit, hell, sit your ass down, go somewhere, whatever. It ain't all her fault. It's called you ain't you don't know how to be a man and just say, bitch, shut the fuck up. I'm gone. But isn't that part of being a man is standing up? No. And it's not. No, Let's it's talk not, about it. That's all. Okay, I want to change. It's not about being a man. It's the type of man that you are. If you're the type of man that you are attracted to women who put you in those predicaments and they don't know how to shut their mouths and they are, they want the drama. There's women. We know there's women that love drama. I know some. I'm cool with some. They <laughs> love the drama and they love Oh, you got to fight for me. You got to do this for me. Like, like that's cool. And it's not, that's toxic. And if you love toxic, that's something you have to work on as an individual, whether you're a man or a woman. And if you choose to be in those predicaments where you got to shoot somebody to prove your love, then you got to think about it for yourself. Cause you're the one going to jail. You're the one getting shut up. 
That is true. But I think women are more toxic than men. Not to say that there aren't toxic <laughs> men, but women are way more toxic because we're responding off emotion. We popping off. We popping off at the girl and the man. We popping off at everybody, the kids. Anybody could get it with this tongue. And that is where, you know, the difference oh, well, between. Men are like that too. They A are. A lot of men are like that. I mean, we got to get into some. Uh, <laughs> we can get real with that. I think a lot of gay men are like that. Real men, nah. backbone men, they not chatty in that same bold. way. Bullshit. The, the straw man is just as bitchy as damn the little flagrant. They just <laughs> different type of bitch, like, for real. <laughs> okay. I'd be like, man, you ain't nothing but a little bitch. Shut the fuck up. So I but guess. They want to act like they tough. I'm for the go fight. That oh, is baby, don't do that. <laughs> I don't think every woman is saying don't do that either. Cause I've even learned not yeah. to say it's better not to say anything at this point. Let them deal with whatever consequences that are to follow. Because I think there is some truth in what OC said. You know, everybody has to pay for their consequences. And so if you want to go out here and be a hothead, that's true. However, I think women are out here popping the trigger. Well, where I'm at people are women are literally popping the trigger themselves they don't have to worry about man doing it they the ones pulling the trigger. <laughs> pull it out the bootstrap you know shottown is they some scraps i didn't see women's with blades under their tongue and i'll never forget that that pushed me back oh you know what i'm gonna stop fighting because if some girl pull a blade out on me i don't know what i'm gonna do because they going for the face they cutting your hair your edges they cutthroat yeah. out there it's ridiculous Okay, but this is a good transition into when we talk about men and how they show up for women. We got a midway question. Y'all ready for this one? I know we still talking about it because he is still in clips all over social media. Will Smith. What did Will Smith teach us at the Oscars after slapping the crap out of Chris Rock on stage, live, unscripted? And I know so many people were hoping for it to be scripted. It was not. He even got kicked out of the Oscars for 10 years. And I think that's a whole nother conversation because that is like penitentiary style judgments, in my opinion, 10 years stretched a little bit. What do y'all got? Um, got I, think got? We, <laughs> I think the thing that we can learn from um, Will Smith for, for men is to wife wisely. <laughs> like he was not thinking about long term when it came to Jada Pickett. And I understand like love. You know, it just gets you going, but my God. Why are they out? Like, why is everyone just coming for their relationship right now? Like, from every angle, I feel like they have not left the social media space since the entanglement. They've been in social media. They've been the spotlight since the entanglement. And it has not always been for the best. OC, what do you have? Hey, when you put all your life like that, on TV, and I'm sure they done got any and every kind of response about all the stuff they do in their relationship that they put out there. And I think he just like had a meltdown. Like they say, everybody has their issues, but you know, man, just think about if he hadn't done nothing. But if he hadn't done nothing, I think they just probably would have kept showing Jada Pickett's face. Mm. When they made that, when he made that comment, and how she just like, oh my god! And then he would just have to constantly keep looking at that. 
But then I, I would have been like, leave it like that. Then get his ass after the Oscars. Shit, go down back there and <laughs> slap him without nobody seeing it. Damn, hell. It would have been a harder hit because the way he slapped him like a little bitch and almost stumbled anyway. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, that's sad in a sense because really it is as, oh, I forgot the comedian who said it. That was, uh, he said that, uh, what's our demons? Our, like, Will's demon for, <laughs> versus uh, Rock's demon? Mm. They met that day. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yes, like, yes. Because I think uh, some good points about that is that one, like, Chris Rock don't got the best reputation when it comes to Black people. Chris Rock don't got the best um, reputation when it comes to women. Um, and so, you using that as a stepping stone and you get slapped by a black man for offending a black woman, that's pretty much karma. But then it's also karma for Will because yes, you finally are defending your wife, but what about all the times you weren't defending your wife and that's why you guys' life is the way it is now. You think it's because he hasn't defended her? Um, Have you not? I don't know if you like looked at the interviews or like watched some of the stuff and it's pretty clear that he feels guilty for a lot of stuff in their relationship and a lot of stuff for her personal mental health. And that guilt is is the driver in the conversation. That's good. And you know what? I When I study the movie King Richard, so I watched it probably five times at this point already. That is what Richard stood for in the movie. It was standing up for everything that was wrong around his girls and making sure yeah. that success came into their life. And whatever he had to do, he made sure that he protected them at all costs. And so as even as I'm listening to you all and I'm replaying his his acceptance speech, he was battling himself and yeah, King Richard embodying that character through accepting the award. Yes, he was. You think he was still in character? I think that he t- he took the character to the Oscars. I 100% <laughs> believe that. And one thing that I learned from Denzel Washington, this man, Denzel has some some wisdom that anyone who's in the broadcast space interviewing, we need to tap into more. Even what he told Will the night of the Grammys, when you get to your highest level, that's when the enemy comes and tries to steal it, which happened in this moment. But what he portrayed in King Richard, how he embodied that character and gave us the best visual reason why he won the Oscar of King Richard is what he wanted to portray in his real life. And so those crossroads met that night and that was the outcome. And I'm just so surprised at the different responses from celebrities. And I was surprised at the 10 years. You all aren't surprised at 10 years of not attending the Oscars after actually getting your first Oscar. I mean, he's been acting since I can remember. White people, 10 years, yeah. Oscars, racial, 10 years for a damn slap. Come on, give me a break. That's like prison sentence to me, an injustice. But who else did some stupid shit at the Oscars before? Plenty of people. Everybody. Ooh. Not black people. Not black Ooh. people. <laughs> um, they put it like a good example. What is his name? He was like a really old actor. And it was on social media everywhere. It was like, there was literally at one point a Native American back in like the 1960s or 70s had went on stage to talk about what was going on with her Native tribe. 
and a really well-known white actor who's like super famous. What is his name? I used to watch his movies. Like went upstage to attack her. And they like compared that. He wasn't banned or anything. He wasn't reprimanded whatsoever. He was actually given support at that time. So it's like definitely kind of a, you know how the scales go. Right. (laughs) We're not going to pretend. (laughs) Right. But you know what I think the biggest difference is, and this has always been the black community, even when we think about Megan Thee Stallion, Tory Lanez, we have other black individuals who have influence bashing him publicly. And we don't see our counterparts, white people, they don't do that. Not in the same way. Like we'll send a whole cancel culture. Monique just being revived by 50 Cent. How long has she been canceled? And she was canceled because she told and asked her fans to cancel Netflix, which is a white (laughs) business who wasn't trying to partner with her. So I think that's a big difference in terms of the Will Smith. There were so many celebrities posting their videos and just kind of slandering him and telling him, saying that it wasn't the appropriate time. Maybe that's a conversation to have off social media as he therefore then gets sentenced, quote unquote, which is which is what I'm going to use to 10 years of not being. I think it's like telling him, like, you should just be grateful you're here. You should just be grateful you're getting this Oscar like he didn't earn it, like he didn't earn it years ago. Like he hasn't been doing this for his whole life. And I think that when people really think about that, like there's just so I've been trying to, I've been working towards this. I want this so bad and you ruined it for yourself and you ruined it for all of us. And that mentality is really like that crab in the barrel. And I don't think people really realize that because like they're all, they're thinking about themselves and that not so much as like the overall picture. They're not really human about it. Whereas look at what position he was in. Mm. So it's all bad. (laughs) Crabs in a bucket is, you know, the black culture, not because we want it to be that way, but just, you know, how we got here, which leads into our mid topic. And I think this still all lies and ties in. Does professionalism really exist with black people or are we just being forced to conform to whiteness? Was it Will's job just to say, all right, I'm going to sit here and be chill because that's what they want me to do at the Oscars. There's always been controversy around the Oscars, what it stands for and what it means to be a black person who actually is attending the Oscars or who's even in a category for an Oscars. What you got for that, O.C.? Uh-huh. I think people, I mean, there is a thing called professionalism. I don't think I do know people do put a category on it's like professionalism is it's about acting white or something like that but professionalism is all about what you think it is at the end of the day because this is how you act in professional settings so i love being professional does the lack of definition for professionalism continue the conversation that we're about to have though because everyone has a different standard a different definition because I look at it as can we just be on time can CP time not exist <laughs> like can that be professionalism but not everybody agrees exactly professionalism you're supposed to be on time and when when you're not on time it just shows disrespect you do not value my time but not everyone, you said professionalism is defined differently by everyone and not everyone thinks the same. <laughs> I and mean, that's why a lot of black people don't get jobs because they always goddamn late. 
But in China, in certain cultures, that is so part of the custom. <laughs> so, hey. yes, USA. like this is real, real heavy. When it comes to professionalism, culturally, we are supposed to be protected underneath our laws with professionalism and culture being one together. It's called in- inclusive and diversity for a reason like we have these HR departments and they understand that technically these little aspects the same reason why Muslims are given time to pray during their work day the same reason why you'll be able to wear whatever you want to to go to work nowadays is because it's protected by the laws that govern us professionalism and culture are supposed to work together and in cultures around the world Things are different. And so I feel the only difference is that in America, culturally, Black people have not been represented, have not been protected. And so we don't understand that, yes, a lot of the professionalism they try to push on us is, and so-called protecting professionalism is just a cute way of bow-tying racism. So are you saying that because we're Black and we're always late, we should be getting that pass because <laughs> it's a cultural thing for us to be late? I mean, I'm saying if I go to Mexico and I want to eat dinner at five o'clock, I'm going to be looked at crazy because that's too early for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 Sky. You lost me. I get your point. But in terms of time, I'm just going to read the definition of professionalism. The conduct, (laughs) aims, or qualities that characterize or mark a professional or profession as a person and it defines profession as calling requiring Ooh. a special a specialized knowledge and often long and intensive academic preparation and i think that's Snaps. all bull i think it's all you bull think so? i think it's all bull no, that's that's no look read that definition again so that means that if you are an engineer or you're a teacher or you're a cook and you're late to work that does not make you any less professional because you're still be a good cook you can still be the greatest engineer. You can still be the greatest teacher. Thank you. <laughs> but there are moments in time where being on time actually matters. There's structure well, doctor, and purpose. You don't want to be late to your surgery, of course. That was in my exact example. Exactly. But, exactly. But so then if you are, I don't think also we should, well, I don't think we should just associate lateness with black people at all. Because I know I worked with a lot of white people and I, I'm, I can say I'm really bad at time scheduling. I used to be really, really bad. I'm much, much better now. But trust me, there was a lot of white people that used to be two hours late to work. I was 15 minutes late for work. You see? So, no, I'm not going to compare it because there's still a time. I believe, you know, if we learned anything from Kobe Bryant, you practice how you want to play. So if you practicing and you coming in late all the time, unprepared, that's how you're going to play. So we're not preparing ourselves to show up and be the best what? in our spaces if we let in these little things when it comes to professionalism slide. And I'm using time as an example. I'm not talking about locks because that's been a controversial one. It's a bad example because. OK, give us I a better one. Work, yeah, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Professionalism, like based off your definition, what's. There isn't anything that, oh, speech, how we talk. Mm, That's a good one. Let's go. How you talk. Because there are people who can't communicate as strongly in the English language, but they're given jobs compared to people who talk in dialect, such as Ave, 
in America. So you rather have someone who can't understand the language properly or articulate it just yet. You rather put them in a row compared to someone who speaks Ave. Mm. What you got for that, OC? You got some wisdom in the workplace. Yeah, I, I say we didn't have none of that in our workplace. What was it? It it was you could talk and you could speak, but we didn't have them people that what you say? Huh? <laughs> what you trying to say? Huh, that was a job making over a hundred thousand dollars a year. Them them people wasn't getting in them jobs. So our professionalism of the things that we that I bitched about was hearing the white dude next to me say, Well, if you wouldn't have pissed off your landlord, he wouldn't be uh uh, trying to evict you, which is totally unprofessional, mm. and it's it's what rude or whatever. But to me, unprofessionalism is really when you don't know your job and you don't know how to talk to people, and you bring your own personality to work <laughs> and not <laughs> and not <laughs> pretend somebody else who got sense to know how to relate people so but i don't know that being late thing is just crazy though to me (laughs) i know i was always almost late but i really do think that being late it really says a lot about your character and i said shit my character was all fucked up then because i always called in i was like forget it i ain't gonna be there but hey i'll make it up tomorrow There are different definitions, I think, with each generation. But the consistency is if you know your stuff, you know your stuff. There shouldn't be any problems. But one of the things that I feel like we'll consistently see come across in the media is the hair conversation. Um, That's one thing that seems like it's not disappearing. But I have this true belief that when we walk in confidence and whatever we're doing as black people, Everyone loves it because we show up in a way that we love it. The second that we question each other or question ourselves in those spaces and places, other people will start to do the same. So I see confidence playing a big role and knowledge playing a big role in what professionalism is and how we talk about it. So our last topic that we're going to sign off with that is technology driven censorship. What is to come with censorship? I was reading about censorship in 2008 and I just couldn't understand why it was in my media class, why it was important. And in today's world, thanks to Trump, thanks to Kanye West, I see it coming to fruition. And the question is, are we silencing individuals with major platforms as a form of punishment? Are we taking away their freedom of speech, regardless if we agree or disagree. Because I thought that's why social media was created, so we can have conversations about things and, you know, discussions and debates. What are your thoughts, Sky? So I think that just like everything else in a lot of our society socially, um, our First Amendment right is something that's made up. Um, <laughs> it's something that was given to the people and masked in a pretty bow once again, but was not really what people think it's are. And if you read the law, you'll understand that. And I think censorship has always been, always been, even before the constitution was the last draft, which we have today, before it was submitted and provided to the people, censorship was already in play. And it's going to continue to be in play because it's a part of our government and it's part of any social society that is in the world today. 
OC? Man, I trip out on all of that because it's one of them same thing is, you know, pick and choose, pick and choose, but nothing is never on an equal level. I feel like, you know, with Trump and his resurrection, (laughs) (laughs) he should have been banned. I, I totally agree. I mean, anytime you're trying to start something to hurt other people or something like that, that's totally different. The KKK getting on there, whatever, whatever. But like, if you're out there, you're venting about your family or venting about something else, that that should be your choice. Right. I mean, if it's nothing that's harming nobody, you know, or whatever, I meant like seriously harming, I'm finna go kill this motherfucker. And <laughs> I need 10 people right now on here listening to come, you know, that type of thing should be eliminated. But I mean, if I want to get out here and talk about how I eat my boogers or something more, <laughs> you know, or how I like to dang, don't like to wash my ass or something then that should be my choice. I think it's something that we have just kind of ignored, but I think it'll become a bigger issue moving forward because the Kanye example, regardless of how we felt or how we feel about him and, and Kim getting a divorce, he was just talking about, you know, the normal life that I have seen with men around me, my husband's friends, baby mama drama. It was it was normal. <laughs> um and it shouldn't be normal, but it is. It's a part a part of at least what I see a lot in the men around me. But for them to take him off of Twitter and I believe that that was a strict bias. If you feel a way about the Kardashians, you gonna protect them. Their gang is stronger than I probably the US military. <laughs> they do not play. And so when you're going up against these systems and these companies and you want to stand for something different, for them to have the power and the influence to come just shut you down on a social platform that reaches millions across the world, ugh, it's such a it's a challenging space. And so I am constantly reminding people around me, you know, stay visual about what is happening around us in terms of censorship and laws because it impacts our ability to get the right information and we still really we're in the bots space we're in all these algorithms we really don't know what we don't know but we can always continue to seek information seek knowledge i think that's something that we shouldn't take for granted still because we yes we have a degree of censorship but it's not like you know we're not China, we're not Russia. It's not like things right. are completely void. Right. Like we can still find things that's like fuck Joe Biden. <laughs> Big facts. And I think it's important, right? You know, wake up while we still have the opportunity to and we can learn and we could share knowledge. Granted, you know, some of the stuff that's shared that gets the million views isn't probably always fact. Um, but I'm really I'm a person that stands on truth and my truth may look different from other people. But just to have access uh, to learn is is really important. So with technology, y'all know this is one I've been waiting for for weeks. (laughs) We are closing out the segment today to talk about my favorite technology right now today. And that is the air fryer. (laughs) We got to talk about it. Is it myth or is it truth that the air fryer is healthier? What do you think, (laughs) Osi? You know, it's funny. I never thought about the air fryer at all until 
uh, my daughter had said, Mom, you know, the air fryer ain't never like the oven. And I looked at her and, you know, she don't always say smart shit. So <laughs> I was just like, I stood there just looking at her ass because I'm like, you fucking right. Air fryer ain't never like the oven. Mm-hmm. And you think they give you this, okay, put it in for 10, 15 minutes of chicken and it'll be done. It's like, shit, that shit ain't even started cooking 10, 15 minutes. Then you got to put it on for another 15 minutes. So I need to say you can put it in there and in 15 minutes you check it again and cook it another 15 minutes to check it again. And then maybe 10 after that it'd be done. But it is nothing but a small oven and it was so funny that I threw mine away. <laughs> No, that is, we are not promoting. I still use my air fryer. I'm going to just say what the wise child of OC tried to communicate. The air fryer is an easy bake oven. These millennials grew up on easy bake ovens. That's all the air fryer is. It's a prettier version that can go in the dorm rooms. You could take it grilling if you want to. If you, if you want to go outside and go camping and glamping, take your air fryer with you. The marketing of it being a healthier product, I don't know if I'm totally sold on, but I think that it's still fun to use. Don't throw your air fryer away. Lord, do not throw your air fryer (laughs) away. But know that it's just, (laughs) it's an easy bake oven. Sky, what is it? Easy bake oven that caught on fire. (laughs) My stove caught on fire. I didn't know it did that. But an air fryer is definitely like a very like more technologically advanced easy bake oven and I have no problems with that because they make some really good ring dings <laughs> I have made some bomb meals in there I'm not mad about it but I just want us to be real and stop lying to ourselves because you know we're doing this Santa really exists thing with the air fryer you know, remember the brownies you making at Easy Bake Oven? Those were some really good brownies. That's exactly how them chicken wings taste. Exactly. That That's all I'm trying to get at. I had the Easy Bake Oven and I loved cooking in it. It's not that I don't love the air fryer. I just want us to be honest about what we really cooking in. It's the new version of it a nice little easy oven and what all we need to do is, is put two millennials are childish yes we are childish <laughs> because it does not cook faster i still got to put them chicken on for 10 minutes turn it over another 10 minutes that's the same as the oven but i'm not mad about it this is the real uncensored this is what we bring in y'all our opinions and we mind in our own business today has been great hope y'all enjoyed us what we signing out with oc I'm going to bed as soon as we get off this phone. <laughs> what you got for us, Sky? It is like 60 something in Chicago. I'm going to go enjoy my day. All right. It's been real. This is Uncensored. That's all we've got for today's episode here at Podcast Town Studio. These stories, they connect us. The ultimate question what was the journey like to freedom? Wait, freedom is agreeing to disagree different perspectives, healing from within, all because life and legacy are complex. We see people everywhere, but do we really see them? Their thoughts, griefs, pain, or struggles? To be strong is to heal. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he will help you catch your breath. Remember to breathe. You're stronger than you think. Make sure you stay connected by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Invisible Talks Podcast. Until next time, I'm your host, Tyra Elon.